I was watching the pastor up here a moment ago with that chair, and he was kind of backing up to it and kind of falling into it, like an old man. <clears throat> I, I find myself doing that sometimes. <laughs> uh, and hope that the chair is there. <laughs> well, I've been trying to clear my voice all morning long, and I'm hoping it'll clear here in a few minutes. Since they cut my throat last uh, November and uh, took out all the bad stuff, uh, I've been trying to get my voice back. And so, um, <clears throat> most of it back, but not all of it. I appreciate this church. I appreciate the faithfulness of this church to support us. You folks are very, very faithful, and we thank you for that so much. Uh, my wife and I have a table back there. The reason I say my wife and I, because I have literature on one end of it, she has bracelets on the other end. The bracelets are for donation, and it goes to back into missions. So she handcrafts those bracelets, and um, I know that some of you ladies would enjoy those. <clears throat> and uh, we appreciate these folks. We've known them longer than you have. In fact, we knew this guy here <clears throat> back when he was in school. And even knew him back when he was, I wouldn't say a toddler, <laughs> but he was between a toddler and a teen, I think, when we first saw your pastor. We've known his mom and dad for many years, went to Bible college with them. We've become good friends. I'm trying to get out. Do I, do I need this? No, you don't. Okay. That shadow. Don't need that shadow either. And... Uh, <clears throat> The pastor told me that um, I could preach as long as I want to preach, but the rest of you would be leaving at a certain time. <laughs> and uh, we have been on the road since the 21st of September. Uh, this has been quite the tour longer than usual, <clears throat> and uh, this is the first long trip we've taken on the road since I had this done, and uh, I'll tell you what, I, bar I got more than I bargained for. Uh, I forget how many times I have spoken, probably at least 40 or more times during that time, and uh, so... This cold weather is doing a job on my voice, <clears throat> and so you'll have to forgive me. Let me grab some water here. We love your pastor and his wife, family, all their children, and uh, what a heritage they have with their family being in the ministry. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Mark chapter 5. And we're going to begin looking at verse 1. <clears throat> I'd like to uh, speak to you about the missionary of Gadara. You'll understand that as we get through it. In this particular piece of history here, we see a very sad story of this person who was possessed with the devil. In the Old Testament, you didn't see it too often, but in the New Testament, it happened very frequently. In Mark chapter 5, verse 1, we begin reading, And they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him, uh, this is Jesus, there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. 
who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. Can you imagine the sight of all this? What it was like to see a man like this? Uh, it's almost like some of those uh, fairy tales you see on TV where it's car the cartoons are the superhuman people and all that sort of thing. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. Now, you have to realize when this statement is made, notice who's doing the speaking in the next verse. And cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. Now, these are the demons speaking. The demons actually came and worshipped Jesus and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, thou Son of most, the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto them, or to him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion. So he was thousands of demons. For, he, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. There, now there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding, and all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. Let's stop right there. Father in heaven, we ask you now to open up our hearts of understanding and help us to glean some truth from your word today that will strengthen us, that will help us, that will help us to recognize the things we're dealing with in this world. That will help us, Lord, to realize our responsibility as born-again believers. Lord, that we will recognize what we are not doing and what we should be doing. And we pray, Father, that you will help us to have a burden for the lost. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we look at this story, we see uh, three different forces at work here. We see Satan at work, we see society, and we see our Savior. I want you to notice that these evil angels, though they had, in their fall, had lost their purity, they had not lost their power. And they could go in and possess a person and torment them, and drive them into a frenzy, and cause them to do themselves harm. But I want you to notice the only reason why these evil angels do not do more than they do is because of the restraining power of God. Amen. Amen. I want you to notice the place where these evil angels, where these uh, spirits delighted to be. Uh, among the tombs, in the grave sites, and uh, in the mountains, and in desolate places. I remember during Halloween when I was a kid, one of the favorite things was that they would have a, a haunted trail, and it would always go through a graveyard. And they'd have somebody behind some gravestones and sheets over to their heads, and they would jump out like a ghost and try to scare everybody. Folks, let me tell you something. As long as we have the power of God at work for us, the devil cannot scare us. And uh, I want you to notice that <clears throat> we need to be careful 
where we spend our time. We need to be careful who we spend our time with. We need to be careful who we befriend and who we listen to. Because many times, <clears throat> young people, after they're taught right at home, go into the schools, they go into the community, and they make friends with ungodly people. I know they may be just teenagers, but they're still ungodly. And they will listen to people. It's amazing how teenagers will listen to their peers before they listen to their parents. And so we need to be careful. There's nothing wrong with sheltering your child. When, you, when it means teaching them and bringing them up correctly. Amen. And so we need to guard, just like it tells us in Jude, we need to guard our hearts. We need to guard the hearts of our children too. Amen. And... Uh, I want you to notice now that the devils acknowledge that Christ is the Son of God. Did you notice that? We know that thou art the Son of God. The, uh, uh, and uh, so think about this. It's a terrible thing for them to recognize Jesus as the Savior of the world, and yet they did not know him as their Savior. They had been created by God, but they had joined forces with Satan, and they had rebelled, and they had been cast down out of heaven. Folks, we need to realize that the devil is seeking to affect our imaginations all the time. In the Old Testament, you remember the verse that says and there was a time when the imaginations of the heart of men were evil continually satan is the prince and power of darkness and he seeks to affect our imaginations in such a way that we will lend ourselves to evil so we have to make sure, as we talked about in Sunday school today, that we are in the Word of God. It, only the Word of God can direct our paths straight and can help us to understand where we should be going and where we are. And so I want you to notice also here the condition of this lost man who was uh, possessed he had <clears throat> literally ruined his life. <clears throat> I was sharing with the Sunday school class that I was in a, a great clips getting a haircut, and I had gotten my haircut. Sandy was getting a haircut. I was sitting down, and there was a man sitting here on my left, and he was looked like he probably was maybe in his mid-20s, and he's just spoke up to me and said, you know, he said, I've been, I've been sober for 10 days now. I've just quit all my drugs and tried to clean my life up because I'm really concerned about our world and about America. And he said, I'm starting to make bombs and Molotov cocktails, and I'm getting ready for the war. And I listened to him for a little bit, and then I said, um, well, you know, I served 12 years in the United States Navy. I understand uh, well, how you're feeling, because I, I know how it was when we were in a cold war with Russia, and it seemed like we were in the Mediterranean there, and we were continually uh, vying back and forth with Russia, flying into Russia uh, under their radar scopes and so forth, and we were having their trawlers trying to cut off our ships and so forth during our exercises in the Mediterranean. And so a lot of that was going on back then. I was in Bermuda when uh, Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, uh, the, the Russians were trying to uh, bring missiles into Cuba and I uh, got detached down there. We were, 
we were trying to keep the missiles out of Cuba. And so we, we've been through some of this before. But I'll tell you this, there seems to be more today. There's not just wars, there's rumors of wars, and there seems to be wars in almost every, every area. All over the place, war is springing up. I really believe we're getting close to the coming of Christ. Amen. And I, I, I don't think I'm, uh, I'm, I'm uh, uh, I don't think I'm imagining that. Uh, but I'll tell you, this man sitting there, I said to him, you know, but the day came when I came to know Jesus Christ as my Savior. And I was able to give him the gospel and how I found the answer. And I said, I think you can too. And then another man sat down here next to me. And by the way, this man says, uh, I'm from West Virginia. And of all things, my wife and I are from West Virginia. I said, where? Clay County, very poor county. And uh, 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 we talked a little bit then the man sat down here and he said uh i heard you talk about west virginia i'm from west virginia three of us sitting there from west virginia <laughs> and i told him i said you know what if all the people that had left west virginia would go back the state could not contain the whole uh everywhere we go there are west virginia people and uh, they're always from West Virginia. They're not the, in West Virginia. And uh, then I, I had a chance to talk to these two fellows. I ended up going to the car and getting tracks and bringing them back. And I and gave them some tracks to, to be able to read. So <clears throat> you pray for these guys. But uh, here's what I'm saying. I'm saying that, yes, our world is in a mess. And... Uh, People are hooked on drugs, they're hooked on alcohol, they're hooked on all kinds of different things, philosophies, wokeism, you name it, and people are trying everything in the world to find satisfaction and find safety, but they're not going to find it until they find Jesus Christ. He's the safest one. He's the one who is our protector. He's our defender. He is our uh, rock that we stand on. Amen? Now, I want you to notice this dear fellow here uh, that was possessed. He had lost his family. He had lost his friends. He had lost his home. He had lost, if he had been married, he probably lost his wife. Uh, he had lost everything. And he had no control over his own life. The devil had complete control over him. And that's the thing about the devil. Once you give in to the devil, he will take you where you don't want to go and he'll keep you there longer than you want to stay. Now, think about this man. He was chained. That's the first point of the message. You thought I was halfway through, didn't you? He was chained. He was chained by death. The Bible tells us that <clears throat> before a sinner is saved, that we are dead in trespasses and sins. This man was living among the dead. But you know, he did find life. And the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost in whom... Uh, <laughs> hid to them that are lost in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. And so, that's the thing we've got to realize. We say, why can these people not see the truth? Why can they not see the gospel? Because their minds are blinded. Right. And we have to take the gospel to them. The only way they will understand the truth is when they see the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. <clears throat> Not only was he chained by death, he was chained by the devil. He had an unclean spirit. Think about what a multitude of evil spirits in, uh, uh, indwelt this man. 
and what, how much they wanted to torment him, tearing him, it gave him super strength. He was able to break the fetters. He was able to dis destroy anything that, uh, that tried to bind him. And yet, he came to Jesus and was, you know what? He was not only chained by death and chained by the devil, he was chained by depression. Think about this. You know, when we worship things of this world, we are worshiping the devil. The prince and the power of this world is out to destroy us. The loss of this world is evidenced by their works. The things that we see in the news every day show us what lost people can do. And uh, constantly, I remember when I was a, a young person, uh, our parents would let us just go anywhere we wanted to go. I mean, as a young kid, just in elementary school, third grade, we would travel two or three miles at a, on a walk down to the river to go fishing with the guys. No, you never thought about all the stuff that was going on today. You never thought about people being molested. You never thought about about the all the, the stuff that's, that's going on today that's endangering our children and you can't get, let them get out of your sight now. It's, 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 it's horrific. But it's not something that God created. It's something that the devil created in the minds of men and in the hearts of people. And the only way they're going to be set free is if we bring them to Jesus, bring Jesus to them. Amen? He was chained by depression. He was chained by depravity. His flesh was uncontrollable. The term depraved means to be separated from God without hope. And this man was totally depraved. But so are the multitudes around the world who do not have Christ. And the only way they can be reached is if we care for them, if we love them, if we hate their sin but love them. Amen? Amen. Jesus hates sinner, sin, but he loves the sinner. And then he was chained by de desperation. He was without help. He was without hope. There was no one that cared for his soul. We must care there must be somebody that cares for the lost. And we are the arms and the hands and the eyes and the ears of Christ. We are the ones, the church, local churches are the ones that do the work of God on this earth. And so we must care. And then I want you to take note uh, in verse 14 of what it says here and they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country and they went out to see what was that what uh, uh, what it was that was done and they come to Jesus and see him and that was possessed with the devil and had the legions legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind and they were afraid and they that saw it told it, told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. It's, it's interesting how they responded. Uh, first of all, the devil said, don't send us out of this country because, you see, they felt like that they were among their own. The, they were in a heathen place. They were in a place where there, was no, there were no believers. And they, they were there. You know, in Revelation it talks about a places where Satan's seat was. And there are places in our nation today where Satan has sat down and taken control. There are places in the world where Satan has just is on the throne. 
and he's in control. And if we're not careful, we'll let him get control of part of our lives and he, he will destroy us. We must constantly be on guard and be ready to fight the enemy. Amen? And uh, I want you to notice that uh, this incident here, after this man was truly cleansed, the people who owned the pigs, the people who owned the swine, they were more concerned for their profit than they were the one who had performed the miracle on this young man. They would rather have their business than have a Savior. And that's the way our world is today. We have people that are so much more concerned about money, about position, about popularity than they are about the truth and about giving people what they really need. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not only was he chained, but he was changed. In this, in chapter 4, just before Jesus came to to this shore, it says in verse 35 in chapter 4, And the same day when even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, even as he was in the ship. <clears throat> and there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and waves beat upon the ship, and so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and they awake him, and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said some other things too, but here's what I want to point out to you. When Jesus calmed this sea, he used the same words in the Greek that he used to cast out the demon in this man. Therefore, scholars believe that this trip across the sea and the storm that nearly took the ship under was actually related to a devilish act of Satan to try to keep him from reaching this man. I'm going to tell you something. When you go out and try to win others to Christ, the devil's going to do everything he can to keep you from doing it. So you might as well get ready for the opposition and be ready to hit him with the Word of God. Amen? Amen. And so we see this happening. Now, not only was he, he was changed. You see, he was saved by the power of God. He was sitting in the presence of Christ. He had received the Prince of Peace, and now the peace that passes all understanding was in his heart. I'll tell you, when I got saved, one of the most notable things I noticed was that my, my, my soul and my mind and my heart was just totally at peace. I, I was able to see things as they really were. And uh, the man who took me to the place where I heard the gospel and got saved, he was driving, he had driven us there, driving us back home. He said, John, how do you feel? I said, I don't know. I've never felt this way before. And what I meant was I was totally at peace. But I'm going to tell you what, it didn't take long for Satan to try to interrupt that peace. I no sooner got home, I got ready to go to bed. My wife was in finishing up the supper dishes. And uh, it was just like all of a sudden in my imagination or my mind, I could hear someone say, what makes you think you can live the Christian life? 
You've tried to do right before and you never have. You've always failed. I did not know what the Bible said about it, but you know what I did? I fell down at the foot of my bed and I said, God, if I live a Christian life, you're going to have to live through me. Amen. I didn't know that that's the way it happens. That's the answer. Christ must live through us. We are not able to live the Christian life, but Christ can live through us if we will yield ourselves day by day to Him. He was sitting in the presence of Christ. He was suited in Christ. It's amazing how once we get saved, uh, it, uh, our conduct begins to change. Our, uh, our dress begins to change. The emphasis on us begins to change. When I, when I got saved, I all of a sudden realized that I no longer was so concerned about number one. I looked around me and I saw other people and every time I saw a person now, I thought to myself, I wonder if they have Christ in their heart. I was an instructor in the Navy and I, I would go to the base every day and I would compete with these other instructors and I was always at odds with several of them because they were uh, competing with me. And uh, the day after I got saved, the next day, I looked at all of these guys and I thought, I wonder where their soul will spend eternity. And I began to try to share the fact that I'd gotten saved and, and my, my life has changed. And I no longer hated some of these fellows and I would tell them that and they would say, get out of here. They did not understand don't expect the world to understand what has happened to you if you are a born-again believer. You must live day by day before them and testify as much as you can, but let God do the work in their hearts and help them to recognize there's a difference there. He was sane in Christ. His mind had been transformed. The devil had blinded him to the truth until the truth had set him free. John 14, 6 says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. And then he was called. He was called. Look at verse 18. And when he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil, now this is Jesus, when he, when he came into the ship, he that was possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Jesus says in verse 19, Howbeit Jesus suffered unto him not, suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. He was called to go. And we are called to go. All of us who have been born again, we are all called to go, just like this man. He was called to go to his friends, to go home to his friends. He was called to tell and we are called to tell. He was called to tell what great things the Lord had done for him. Do you ever tell other people what great things the Lord hath done for you? He was called to show. To show the compassion that the Lord had had for him. Do you know how much love it took for Jesus Christ to pay for our sin? It was His love for us that kept Him on the cross. It was His sacrifice that paid for our sins. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. God loves us. God gives us eternal life. 
if we will come to Him. And then, last of all, He was compelled. He was compelled. Look at verse 20. And He departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for Him. And all men did marvel. You say, okay, so he went to the city of Decapolis. My friend, Decapolis was not one city. Deca means ten. Palus means city. Ten cities. This man went out evangelizing. He became an evangelist. He went to ten cities and shared this testimony that he had now, what are we doing? Are we going out and sharing our testimony? Are we sharing with others the importance of being saved? Even though they may not understand us, if we will go and if we will give them the gospel, if we'll leave something with them that they won't be saved, but speak to them if they will. You know, just... Down the road a ways to Waldorf, Maryland, when we were there back in the 1970s, late 1970s, started a church there. We had bought a piece of property. We started out in a little cracker box house about the size of one side of this auditorium. And we had started out with one family. That family had came out of Independent Baptist. The Bobby Wall, not Bobby Walls, what was the other one's name? I forget, forget his name anyway. Huh? Yeah. Okay. So he had a bunch of kids. We had a bunch of kids. That was our first meeting. And then we went out and put out 5,000 pieces of material on door-to-door. And then we began to see some people come. Within four months, we had over 70 people meeting in that. They didn't just come because we put something out. We went out knocking doors. Every several days we were out there knocking doors. And God brought people in and people got saved. We moved out of that after four months, that little box, cracker box house, into an elementary school. And then we got up to about a hundred in that elementary school and we found a piece of property when we were a year old, bought that property and moved on to that property. It was not the final piece of property, but it was the piece of property that we thought we were going to be, be the final piece. With five and a half acres, had three houses on it. Uh, I mean, two houses and a welding shop. We converted the welding shop to a chapel, and uh, we continued to grow and see people get saved. In that first year, or just right after we moved on to the property, Somebody from, I think, Independent uh, gave me the name of a man by the name of Roy Willingham, a man who owned a steel fabrication <coughs> uh, business in La Plata. And so I knocked on his door for six months, even before we had the property. I was knocking on his door. I could never catch him at home. And so finally... I caught him home on one Saturday. He said, Preacher, you've been knocking on my door for six months. He said, I owe it to at least come to your service one time. He came, and when he came, with a, we had an auditorium just about the size of this auditorium in that welding shop. It, was a, had garage, it had previously had garage doors on both ends, and we took them out. But you know what? <clears throat> we uh, had service that morning and Roy Willingham said, Preacher, I have not been in a church like this in 20 years. 
we'll be back. And he said, I'm going to pray for me. I'm going to try to get my daughter and son-in-law to come. Amen. And so the next Sunday, they were there. John Snyder and his wife Donna, he claimed to be an atheist. I talked to him afterwards. I said, I want to come visit you. He said, yeah, please do. I went Monday evening. I got there at 7 o'clock. He's coming out the door with a bowling ball. I've got a league tonight, preacher. I said, when can I come back? He said, come back at 11 o'clock tonight. I'll be here. I went back at 11 o'clock. I started answering questions. He asked all kinds of questions. And finally, I asked him about 12.30 at night. I said, John, look, I've answered all the questions I'm going to answer. Question is, do you want to get saved? He said, yes. John got saved. I used to stand at the door and I would wait for people to come out and I'd shake their hand. If it was Sunday morning, I'd say, I'll see you tonight. I'll see you tonight. I'll see you tonight. Most of those people never thought about coming back. But then after a while, they'd say, I think the preacher wants me to come back Sunday night. You know what? The preacher would love to see every one of you here Sunday night. That's what makes the church thrive. Three to thrive. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. That's what makes a church go. And so, I would say that. And then, after John said, well, I'll have to give up Sunday night bowling. Okay. So he came Sunday night. Sunday night, I'd stand there and I'd say, I'll see you Wednesday night. I'll see you Wednesday night. I'll see you Wednesday night. And uh, I'd tell everybody, I'll see you Wednesday night. They weren't expecting to come Wednesday night. But after a while, someone would say, I believe the preacher wants me to come Wednesday night. It's strange how it's so hard for us to learn. And then on Wednesday night, a few of them would come. And John said, preacher, that means I'm going to have to give up another night of bowling. This guy bowled about every night of the week. He was wanting, his ambition was to become a professional bowler. He came Wednesday night. Wednesday night, I said, I'll see you tomorrow night for visitation. I'll see you tomorrow night for visitation. See you tomorrow night for visitation. And he said, Preacher, I'm going to have to give up another bowling night. But I'm going to come. You'll have to do all the talking. He came. I introduced him to the person we were meeting with, and I never got a word in edgewise. <laughs> Folks, and you know what happened to him? He ended up in Bible College down at Trinity Bible College in Jacksonville, Florida. And he and his wife ended up working on staff at Bob Jones University. You see, people who say they're atheists and they're this and they're that and so forth, that doesn't mean a thing. You see, when Jesus enters in, everything changes. What about your testimony? Who are you sharing it with? How are you living your life? Are you representing Christ? Are you showing others how to be saved? Oh, it's so important that we let the Lord witness through us. He has done a work in us. We need to let Him work through us. Now, if you're here and you would say, Preacher, I don't even know for sure where my soul is going to spend eternity. You need to know that. And you can know that. We're going to give the invitation in just a moment. We're going to ask you to come and let us take a Bible and show you how you can know that for sure. Would you stand together with bowed heads? Father in heaven, we ask you, Lord, to speak to hearts. We ask you, Father, to help each person in this room to recognize their need to today. Maybe, they, maybe there are those that need to come and just pray about their own spiritual life. 
that they might get back on track with you. Maybe there's some that need to come and just pray for others that need to be saved. Maybe there are those who need to come and join this church because this is where uh, they know that God wants them to be. Maybe there are those that need to come and receive you for the very first time and be saved. Lord, have your way now in every heart, in every life today as we, as we uh, recognize your presence and uh, enjoy the wonderful gospel of Christ in our own lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you, Pastor. Amen. Head bowed, eyes closed. If God spoke to your heart, this piano place. Get along with him. If you don't know him today, today is the day to know him. Preach, I'm, I'm away from the Lord. Things in your life that should not be there as a Christian. Today's the day to get along with him. Let's have some ushers come. We're going to receive love offering for these folks. Let's give as the Lord directs and, and be a blessing to them. And brother, 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 brother Bales was USA director, and, uh, and we had, had the director just recently be here with us. And so like my dad, and brother Bales is a representative Still on the road, still still doing the same thing. Um, they they were off the road for how many months? Probably four or five months. And uh, and so, uh, but he's out there encouraging churches, and so we want to be a blessing to them. It's been a great that they had a spot in their in their tour that they could come by and see us. So. Let's pray for the offering you give us, the Lord directs. Brother Glade, pray for us. God, again, we thank you for another day and help us to use your time wisely, Lord, and for the gift of salvation. Thank you for the preaching from Preacher Bales and the challenge it gives us to, to share your word with others, Lord, and, and have compassion when we don't feel like having compassion sometimes. Again, we thank you for this day that you've given us. And thank you for this Bible-believing church. In Jesus' name. Amen. Here you go. We'll have the full, we'll, we'll do the full prayer bulletin tonight. Just remember to pray for the folks that we're praying for and going through uh, difficult times. And um, and you be be back. You can come on Sunday nights. It's, it's okay. Amen? Now some of you say, well, yeah, I, I've never done that before. Well, you know, God didn't send his son to die for us on the cross before. Amen? And so um, I encourage you uh, to be here tonight. Sunday school, if you weren't in Sunday school, you missed a good time. We have been on, in Sunday school, we've been on salvation for four weeks. I, I believe four weeks, haven't we? Three, Three weeks. Next week's going to be a good week. Uh, and we're spending time on salvation because a lot of Christians... Uh, are, are not sure of their salvation. 
There's a lot of misconceptions about salvation out there. And there's a lot of people that teach the wrong thing. So I want to encourage you to be here for Sunday school and be in your place. Amen. Tonight's message will be centered around making your calling and election sure. All right. Okay. Amen. So be here for the election. Amen. All right. Let's stand to be dismissed. Good to see everybody. Russ, good to see you. Saw somebody whip in here. I was wondering who it was. <laughs> Amen. Good to see you this morning. And uh, let's be praying for folks. Uh, praying for each other. Uh, coming into the holiday season. And th- this, this fall season is my favorite time of the year. But I meet a lot of people that are depressed. A lot of people that are down. And... Um, you know, sometimes I have to realize that they, they don't know the Lord. They don't have Jesus. Amen? And so, Cornelius, Cornelius how you doing, man? You okay? How's family? You hear from the family back home? They doing okay? Mom okay? Getting better. Amen. Amen. Good to see, good to see, good to see the baby. Hey, Dorothy. She doesn't know who's talking to her. She'll be just one next year. She'll be what? One year old. She's a miracle baby, amen? How long did you pray that you'd have a baby till you had one? How many days? How many years? Seven years. Amen? And she's beautiful. Amen. Amen. Good to see you. Amen. We'll come back tonight, See, hear the bells, and uh, let's take what we've heard today, meditate on it, take some tracks, share the gospel with somebody, and uh, be, be, a, be a blessing uh, and uh, live for the Lord. All right? Amen. Let's close in prayer. Darian, close for us in prayer. Dear God, thank you for that wonderful message, dear God. It's very encouraging to just basically be consistent in what you work for. Help us to be consistent. That's what I got out of the message, Lord, when it comes to going. And uh, be with us, Lord, as we come back tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.